dangerously close. This episode was brought to you by William Mitchell Audio. And I have to admit, because I never lie to you guys, I went and got a vaccine today, which means that Bill Gates has injected me with the mark of the beast, and this podcast is now controlled by Satan and Big Pharma. But you know what? You don't have to sell your soul to use the greatest audio engineering company in America, William Mitchell Audio, which always brings professionalism and excellence to every project. Go to williammitchellaudio.com. And now listen to the rest of the episode controlled by Bill Gates and the devil. And we're rolling. My guest today is Catherine Henson. Catherine began doing stand-up comedy in New York, where she worked her way to regularly hosting and performing nightly all over the city. She has been seen regularly at venues, including, but not limited to, New York Comedy Club, Gotham Comedy Club, Broadway Comedy Club, The Stand, and The Comic Strip, as well as countless backs of bars, windowless basements, rooftops, and bathroom stalls. Currently based in London, Catherine performs regularly at Top Secret Comedy Club and recently won The Blackout at Up the Creek. Catherine's other current projects include co-hosting the podcasts Everyone's Doing Better Than Me with Eve Ellenbogen. Close? Okay. And <laughs> I like that. This American Irish Life with Mark O'Keefe, which I've heard of, but I have not heard yet. But I will be on that as soon as, as, soon as I'm done talking to you. I'm going to put that in my headphones and hear it. Nice. Uh, <laughs> it's... So you're in uh, jolly old England? I, yeah, I, I think so. You know, you wouldn't know it by uh, the fact it's been in a lockdown the majority of the time I've been here. So I, I could be on Mars for all I know, really. I think it, we, we were before we started recording, we were just talking about j- just that, that like, there's no way you can even tell how jolly it is because yeah, stuck inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're stuck inside. I mean, but there are things that you, you don't realize like as an American, right? Like I'm like, oh, England, they, everybody speaks English for the most part. Like, you know, it'll be similar to America, but then I go into the grocery store and I'm looking for like an eggplant and they don't call it that. So then you're like speaking two different languages with you're like eggplant and they're like, excuse me. And then you start feeling like you're losing your fucking mind. <laughs> yeah. Like immediately you got the mask and everything. They're like, oh, um, you mean a willy bucket? <laughs> yeah yeah exactly that's actually what they call it how do oh, you know damn, i guessed that you know, yeah i didn't i didn't even know i just guessed that off the top of my head uh speaking of like going into stores and just uh going around town like as an american in england uh whenever whenever any of those english people try to like get sassy with you do you ever hit them with like the whole uh you know Hey, we saved your butts in WW2 and you know, all that shit just to put them in their place. <laughs> That's implying that I know anything about history. So uh, oh, okay. no, but it, no I, I think I got the accent though. I know, right? Yeah, I just exposed myself. Um, but no, I, I have the accent, the very like, you know, I'm from New York, man. Yeah. Like, you know, so I speak and I can tell they're already amused just because, of, you know, I sound like Al Capone's hooker, right? So I you- just- you actually, I almost could say like, do you remember back when like Monty Python, those guys would try to do American accents? Uh-huh. Yeah. It is kind of like how your accent sounds. <laughs> no, it's it's so funny that you say that I did. Okay. Like it, I'm not proud of this, but I'll, I'll pretty much do 
close to anything for money at this point, just because I've been out of work for like a year. Yeah. And because of my sort of journey, I've been unable to collect unemployment in America, even though oh, I pay yeah. taxes. Yeah, I paid taxes in New York City for 15 fucking years and they won't give me a dime. So they're on my list, you know, but um, <laughs> you better watch but, out in New York. I know. Right. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's going to be crazy. But I, I did a Zoom show in Canada at 2 a.m. last night. Right. That's that's the level of desperation I'm at. And there was another London comedian who was like, should I do my American accent? You're all Canadian. None of you will be offended. And I had gone on first and she went on second. And it was just an impersonation of me, frankly. Like, oh, I was just that's... like, that's me. You know, <laughs> I'm famous. Finally. <laughs> uh, Canadians watch out, too. All right. Yeah. Check it out. New York and Canada. You're on notice. Everything north of uh, New Jersey. <laughs> and Australia. Add them to my list. too. Yeah, I've, right. had a, I've had a time there. Hey, man. Know? If we got to make a list, we're making a list. And I'm totally fine with that. That's one of the favorite things to do in this podcast is make lists. But uh, I guess like, so you were just saying like, you're not hella into like European history. So I, I assume when you get on stage in England, you don't like open your act with taking credit for US military actions in like World War Two or World War One, and like get on stage and just start yelling at the crowd like, You'd all be speaking German if it wasn't for me. And <laughs> there wouldn't that's, even that's be stand up comedy. <laughs> that's my closer, actually. Usually oh, yeah. when I'm bombing, I just start shaking my fist and saying, like, I saved you. Yeah. No, yeah. that's like if they don't like your shit, you'd be like, you're like, well, you know what? If it weren't for me, you'd all be listening to techno because the Germans would be running your damn country. But honestly, you know what? I should stop talking shit. Uh, well, you know what's funny? Well, it, it, I, I have learned about history more I, more in this last year than I did ever in school um, because like I married I married an Irish man that's how I'm here oh basically. hell yeah 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 and so yeah he's the one I do the podcast with is American Irish Life uh, you know when we started it we were not married and we were going to be traveling the world doing stand-up and then well you know I think you know how the story goes uh, then March 2020 happened and that ended but I, I have learned a lot because we were in Australia when the pandemic began. So I actually learned quite a bit about Australian politics as well as just sort of uh, England and Ireland because I had to, when we could leave Australia, finally, like basically we were stuck there six months because first there was the international travel ban. And then when they reopened the borders, like the flight prices were just astronomical. They were like five to 10 grand for a one-way flight out of there. So we had yeah. to wait for the price to go down. And I had the reason why I didn't go back to New York where I'm was residing for 15 years was because I had to come to the UK to do my visa before Brexit. So then I had to learn what Brexit was, right? It's because like, you can't just- I still don't totally get that. I know that it's like they le they left the European Union and they went back to using pounds instead of euros. Is that the, that's not Well, really I think it. that, I, yeah, I know this is so funny. Is it a money it's, thing? It's like, it's it well okay i know i know it's I a racist they were already, i know that yes yes that yeah isn't everything though you know yeah, um, these days yeah <laughs> but but I, I it is that they've separated and, and now it's like there's no like free travel like if you if i as a performer well i'm married to an irish person so forget that example but like elton john for example right like yeah. he is you know english if he wants to go tour in europe now everyone on his you know, tour needs like a visa, 
to to work there. Whereas before you could freely go in between live, work between Europe and the UK. And they basically decided to separate that. So now like oh. even importing and exporting of goods is like completely psychotic. Like over Christmas, they let food rot on docks because, or just after Christmas, because they basically hadn't yet Im- or like implemented their new customs tariff agreements. Yeah. And because of that, people were being slammed with customs charges that were too expensive. So they were like, it's cheaper for me to let the food rot. You know, so it's it's yeah. turned out to be a total psychotic shit show. And the reason why I had to come back was basically nobody knew what or come here to do my visa rather than go back to New York was nobody knew what the rules were going to be specifically for spouses of people in Ireland, because Ireland is while it's in the European Union, they have a an agreement with the UK based on their history that predates the agreement with the European Union. So basically, oh, so they're not like in the UK. I didn't didn't even know that. I thought they were all Northern kind of... Ireland is. Okay. Yeah. So you know, I, so again, it's this complex, is like because yeah, I know there's like all the like the I know. IRA was like fighting them, and that's why there's right. like all like, those bombs in Belfast and shit. So exa- yeah, this is like my abridged, like very like you know woman version of this. Like I feel, well, I feel like know, I'm they... learning a lot because honestly, my understanding really was just from what little I you know I was getting from the news was that very smart people and economists and people of that nature were saying that Brexit was going to be a disaster. But then it seemed like the English version of like Trump people were like all about Mm -hmm. it because they're all a bunch of racist pieces of shit. And they'll like, they'll harm themselves just to harm somebody else. I don't Yeah, Honestly, I think you actually just summed it up better than I did. I'm like, that, that, that is it. I think. And, (laughs) So, but it's been, it's been interesting just because like being, you know, with an Irish person, he's from uh, like the Republic of Ireland. So Ireland, not Northern Ireland, which is a part of the UK and, you know, just sort of the feelings there and sort of their, their history. So I have like little jokes have started ending up in my set about like the very little I know. And I've never really been like, uh, you know, I always like joke about my pussy and meth, you know? And yeah. so I'm like, look, it's getting smarter. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting more intelligent. So All right. uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's my history lesson w- with you. Okay. Well, I can't wait to see the, the, the new intellectual side to your uh, comedy. Yeah. But I guess like I gotta be. Uh, I guess I should tell all the listeners. I've never had the opportunity to, to see you uh, live in person yet. So, are you ever gonna come back and tour in the the U.S. again? Or are you just straight up a European comedian now? I mean, I I would love to get on an airplane and go anywhere for for pleasure or <laughs> work. Truly, um, yeah. I mean, I'd love to come back to America. I miss I miss New York like a lot. You know, I lived there a long time. And, but it, it's just, it's just sort of interesting, like how things sort of developed for me. It was all kind of very um, accidental and not, you know, completely unplanned. Like my, me being here now was an unplanned experience. And um, so, yeah, I mean, look, I'll, I'll, I'll perform. If, if somebody wants to give me some money, I, I will go to Nashville where you are and perform for corpses. If, you know, if the price right. is right, uh, you know, <laughs> I will see what I can do. I got Thank I got you. my hands in a lot of in a lot of uh, pots over here. So you, uh, in a lot of dead pots, a lot yeah. of funeral homes. You just <laughs> lots of dead pots over here. <laughs> nice <laughs> stirring it up. That's my favorite kind of pot. Really, is the dead kind. Oh, you know what? I I felt like I I, I wanted to 
go back just a little bit to where we were um, earlier because I feel like I came in kind of hot in the beginning talking some shit about uh, like England and Germany, like, you know, just just it all in fun and playing. But I felt like I probably shouldn't because like the majority of my European listeners are all in the UK or Germany. So I was like, oh, definitely God. not yeah. the people I should be dissing. So uh, I want to say like a quick shout out to German Shepherds, uh, Albert Einstein, <laughs> Kirsten Dunst, some of my favorite Germans. Uh, do you have any? Do you have any like uh, favorite things about Germany you want to share, just so we can like make sure that we don't have any beef with that country? Favorite things about Germany? I mean, I guess craft uh, work, right? Aren't they from Germany? Oh, Is that band? Hey, yeah. That was, there we go. That was a good that's, one. Bang. That, bang. Yep. Yeah. Pulled that right out of the. <laughs> and I'm like, that's about. That's about it. You know, I. <laughs> I, I, my hair isn't blonde today. I don't look like a Hitler youth, so I'm not going to, you know, nice. <laughs> <laughs> nod to that. But I've never been. I've never, you know, I, a, a comic from Australia had told me I would, I would fit in really well in Berlin. That they'd be oh, very, I get it. Cause, uh, cause you have to like, cause you're in lockdown, first of all. And secondly, mm-hmm. now you have to have a stupid fucking visa just to go kick it in Berlin. Well, that's the thing. So for me, that's, I won't because my husband is from Ireland, which is technically a part of Europe. But why the thing is confusing is because Ireland and the UK have their own sort of special agreement where where they're like, they don't really, Brexit is not going to affect it, but it would potentially have affected me getting my visa as his spouse. So that's why I had to come here before it went into play December, 2020. Are you like a dual citizen? Is that how that works? Not currently, like right now, what I have is called pre-settled status in the UK. Um, So I haven't done anything with like what my European status would be. But basically, in theory, you know, once everything happens, what I would be able to do is legally live and work in both America, the UK and anywhere in Europe. So that's awesome. That will be awesome, but right now it's just uh, I I know my house, I know the parrots on the screen behind me, and oh, look, I got husband. a panda behind me. I know you got it. You, you know, <laughs> dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Right? Yeah. And mine is to have my eyes pecked out. We by both want to be National Geographic animal photographers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I yeah, I, I want to die in a jungle. Um, but yeah, so it it should be cool, but it's just like you know nobody's gonna nobody knows what's gonna happen you know so ultimately it's better it's in your best interest to not become a british or a uk resident but to become an irish resident because then you're free to do whatever you want right well right now being that i'm in the uk i had to do my uk paperwork first right um and i you know we haven't really exactly looked into how it will work with europe but it's like he is my husband and therefore you know it kind of once you fill out the paperwork, it sort of gives you the in, right? But prior to Brexit, you, you know, I everyone had that. Does that make sense? Everyone in Europe and the UK, they could yeah. live and work freely all over. But now what they've done is they've said, no, you can't. You need specific visas. Let's say if you're from Spain to live in the UK and work, you know, but uh, people from Ireland don't need any of that. Yeah, you know, so it's it's this whole like you know it just sounds like schoolgirl shit, but with countries. Do you know what I mean? Like you can sit with us, Ireland, but the rest of you can't. You know. Yeah, um, I, I I do have to say, and like I brought this up in a uh, the episode right before yours. Uh, 
and I once again, I have to reiterate, I do not give a fuck about the royal family. It's not some shit I've ever cared about. But like this, but them going into the news and that whole like that weird inbreeding thing that they're into, and then being pissed that like their one attractive family member like married like uh Meghan Markle, and then they're like worried that like their baby's not going to have the same sickly pallor as the rest of their family. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's, I was like, yo, it's not going to be translucent, how, you know? Are these people popular? Why would anybody like them or want to keep giving them money? Like, and you think Harry's the hot one? I thought it was William, even though he's balding. I don't know which one William is. Honestly, I don't think, I don't think <laughs> off the top like, of my head I can think of one besides Harry. You, so. you, you don't know which one you jerk off to at night? You don't know? <laughs> I know well, which one Harry. I do. I'm just saying, I don't know. that I didn't know he had a brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. Or is, is yeah, that his brother? No. Yeah, William William was the older brother and he was always the handsome one. At least that's what my understanding was. Okay. Harry just, was like the redhead, you know? What I knew is that uh, the reason that they're not as gross looking is because Princess Diana is their mom and she wasn't <laughs> in their weird inbred bloodline. So it, like they had like no, more normal features and like less see-through skin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's I think that's what we have in our history books in America, right? Just yeah. that text exactly like <laughs> it's like it's like the English family was a bunch of bustas until Princess <laughs> Diana came along and then she made some two eye ones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, two two sixes, you know. And um yeah, a no, dramatic leap from two to six. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's and, true though. I would love to listen to that on like a BBC history channel. And then the family made a dramatic leap from two to six <laughs> when Harry and William were born. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's it is funny. I mean, I don't I don't totally pay attention to it, but obviously that shit popped in the news, and it was funny because my mom in California she watched it right, and like this has been a pretty. I mean, I know this has been a tough year for everybody. Um, I've had a lot of personally like massive life changes that were unplanned that have pretty much led almost to a road to nowhere. So, you know, I told my mom one night, this is how, you know, it's bad. I called her up and I was like, you know, I'm feeling like I'm ready to, you know, tie the rope and, and, you know, lift off, like end the whole thing, which it's like, never say that to your mother, but she got very upset. Yeah, I know. But that, (laughs) you know, to give you an idea of like where I'm at, you know, slightly unhinged, but then that interview came out. So then she called me up and she was like, you know, after Meghan Markle said she was suicidal in the palace, I really understood, you know, where you're coming from. And I'm like, if it took Meghan Markle to make it okay, then I'm not feeling good. Then thank you, Meghan Markle. Like, I'm glad you're alive, you know, and didn't <laughs> and shout do it. Out to, shout out to Oprah for getting that out here for all of us yeah, to be yeah. able to like discuss all us Americans that don't know shit about it. Because it's like, all right, thanks, Oprah. She's so good at that. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, you know, I, oh, I'm sorry. Oh. No, 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 no. I was just going to say, I don't get why I, I'm with you. I don't get the royal family. It doesn't seem like they do shit. I, w- um, I want to, I, I want to, because I know you probably have, like, I, I know that a lot of people in the UK listen to this, and I don't want you guys to think that I just am bagging on your country and shit. And, I, and so the next thing I'm going to do right now is I'm actually, I have a shout out for a famous uh, English person. Uh, and so, like, you know, just to erase the fact that I said some negative things about, <laughs> some of your royals but i kind of consider christian bale a little bit of a uh, royalty because you know uh what i was gonna say is like have you ever heard christian bale's regular speaking voice i i when he's not okay like american psycho or batman or 
Well, didn't he have this like scandal some years ago where like he got recorded berating like somebody on set? Because I I heard that and that oh that yeah was, when he yeah it was because yeah. because uh, they were trying to do some very emotional scene where he had to cry or something and some person on somebody in the crew kept fucking talking over him until he finally was like I can't cry if you're talking shut the fuck up <laughs> no yeah, but so uh, it, if you just listen yeah. if you listen to him talk in his regular speaking voice he sounds like Oliver Twist like he's like you know like that con <laughs> said he yourself off friend like that's his normal <laughs> way he talks and so it's so impressive to me it was like when he was like in American Psycho or all these American films. I, I thought he was American for like, until I was older. Like when I was a kid, I thought Christian Bale was an American. I had no idea that he literally talked like a British street urchin from like the 1600s. <laughs> uh, but well, anyways. You know, <laughs> mine is mine is Idris Elba, right? Oh, like I from, forgot. He's got a thick ass accent. Yeah, him and uh, what's his face? Dominic, fuck, it's not... Dominic, but the other guy in the wire, the guy who played McNulty in the wire, he's also English, right? I mean, McNulty was the was the detective that was kind of drunk. yeah. I yeah. hadn't seen the wire then, in a really long time. Well, then yeah, no, that was crazy. Yeah, when when, uh, when Idris Elba was Stringer Bell, like oh, if yeah. if you had told me back then when the wire was popular that he had a like crazy thick accent from England, I would have been like, nah, dude, this right? guy's from Chicago. Like, no, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I and, and I learned when I saw Luther and I was like, oh my God, you know? And then it's the only time that advertising has ever worked for me because then Idris Elba became like the poster boy for Tanqueray gin. And so I was like, I'm gonna drink gin now because you know, <laughs> I was like, it's Idris Elba, and he says I should, you know. So yeah, I, I love I love uh both of them, you know, and they're they're from they're from England. I, I I've actually found from being here that stuff I was already attracted to was already like it was English like music very much yeah so. hold up it's time for another my views or my own astrological reading this week we are reading for Aquarius hello Aquarius once again the stars have aligned go ahead and get out your ancient Sumerian texts because the Anunnaki will soon return and demand your obedience to Prometheus the god of foresight and speaking of foresight, here are some of the upcoming April holidays and what they mean for you. April 11th is Barbershop Quartet Day. So gather three of your most harmonious friends and prepare to join the Anunnaki in a song to decree the fates of humanity. April 22nd is Earth Day. On this day, you shall travel to the land of ancient Mesopotamia and recover the relics of the temple Iridu. You will need these later. April 30th is Arbor Day. On this day, go ahead and tell that special someone how you truly feel. Then find a tree under which to lament the hubris of humankind. And there you will await the final instructions from the Anunnaki. Thanks, Aquarius. I hope you found this horoscope helpful. And now back to the interview. I, I want to say in the opposite direction, though, uh, and don't get me wrong, because I love Daniel Craig as James Bond. He's my favorite James Bond that, of, that they've ever had. I know that's a controversial thing. People always have their favorites. And, you know, some people are Sean Connery nuts. But Daniel Craig has been doing this thing recently. And I think it's just like he's in a point in his career. He's like, I can do whatever I want. And he's been playing Southern, like, like U.S. Southern gentleman, like in his uh -huh, things. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you saw Knives Out, but he's 
I did. Yeah. He's, he's talking like Foghorn Leghorn, you know, like uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> he's like, uh-huh. oh, he's like, let me tell you here. Um, I'm a detective. And it's just like, it's, but it's painful, man. It's like, <laughs> cause it's right, so cartoonish. Right, right. Anyway. Uh, my real That's question like, is, his can passion you do a British project. Cannot, are you serious? Do you think this accent can do anything but this accent? Yeah, I was, I can't I was thinking you probably any- could do a pretty good one. Oh, that's hilarious. No, I mean, I, I can try it. Hello, hello, governor. Like, I don't know. That's <laughs> can, you, well, no, can, you mim- I, can you mimic your husband and do an Irish accent? Because you're around oh, him so God. much. Oh, uh, God. Do, 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 do. No, I, I really don't. No. <laughs> what is your lucky terms? <laughs> yeah, no, I like literally, I I can't do a- any other accent. It's It's very... And I, I I could do an impersonation of myself, which just sounds like me as a Muppet. Like that's bit that's it. It's me and then more me and and that's all. That was fun. <laughs> I was yeah. just curious. I was just because I figured like you're over you're spending so much time around these people. And then I had uh then I was like thinking like just on top of that, because you're with your husband all the time and like I just figured like you would be able to like or or like, you know, some I have a thing that happens to me occasionally if I'm if I'm around someone too much. Mm-hmm. I'll start to uh, take on some of their affectations, like uh, like subconsciously, yeah. or For also sure. like if they have something they say all the time, I start saying that word, and I'm like, "Yo, this is not me." Yeah. it's just no, no. I mean, that that's had to happen here because people they don't. I mean, I guess it's very similar to like you know Americans being like you know like oh you're Mexican, you better learn English. You know if you're in America, right? Like yeah. I've had to change you know to the english version of words because otherwise people are like you know what are you doing here like i you do get that look from people if like i accidentally said dollar instead of pound in the store and i know they're different but it just came out and they were like it's a pound and i'm like i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm just trying to pay i got a mask on i don't know what's going on yeah people are weirdos man it's like i don't know why you would like not be stoked that someone different is around you know like yeah, yeah. Well, and but it's funny that you should say because it's like to be clear, I have been. I'll put it this way: I have spent six weeks of the last year not in a lockdown, so I'm actually not around any British people at all. Like oh, yeah. I'm around myself, and then my husband, and then it's funny because we were in Australia for the first six months. I didn't see like one Australian. I'm not even. Oh kidding. no. <laughs> we were living, I know, I know, right? But it's just so bizarre. Like we were living at, at first with an Englishman and a French woman, right? And yeah. then our only people that we were friends with there, we were in a lockdown, we weren't supposed to hang out, but we did because you start going crazy, Irish and Sri Lankan. And so I was like, I flew to Australia essentially to go to Europe, but like n- not one, I, I mean, it, I, weren't, I wasn't around any Australians for six months in did Australia. You see any, I, did you see any kangaroos though or anything like that? Nope. You didn't nothing. see a kangaroo and the whole time you were in Australia for six? Nothing, dude. Yes, I know. Because we were in this like insane lockdown. Like their lockdown at that time was like the harshest one that's like, I think happened in the world. You missed um, the floods, right? Or the fires. They had fires. Well, no, they had fires, but now they're having floods. They're having floods. Oh, Climate change that. is well, fucking Australia up. And I yeah. heard, so I have some friends in Australia and I heard that this is like, this is horrifying because, you know, Australia has the scariest spiders and the scariest snakes in the whole fucking world. And mm-hmm. all their bugs are scary. And because of the floods, they're all like uh, oh, trying man. to get people's houses. So like people were like, how's you know, so they got like, I'm not, okay, I'm going to sound ignorant right now because off the top of my head, I can't name all the species of 
uh, venomous snake they have there but like they're up in people's houses and their spiders are like the size of your head it's just yeah well so i okay i saw one spider there in sydney and it, it, incidentally i saw it because i also saw roaches i when I flew, I flew to Sydney at the, at, in March, at the beginning of March, because I was going to tour there before doing the festival circuit. And the accommodation that had been set up for me was basically a five bedroom house that had eight men living in it. And my, where I was supposed to stay was on a pullout couch on a, on a mattress that was sitting on a pullout couch in the garage. And I was like, this is, you know, fine, but it was infested with cockroaches. And they kept say, like, when I say infested, I mean, like straight up, a, a fucking problem and they were like look it's sydney there's cockroaches and i'm like i'm from new york you know what i mean i yeah. i like i live and breathe cockroaches like you have a you have a problem so i was on the phone with a friend outside like bitching about the, the you know this cockroach problem when i see a spider it was nighttime and it was by the light of a of a street lamp and i see just the shadow of a spider like the size of both of my hands yeah <laughs> and i was like holy shit and I had never seen a spider that big before until, and this has really fucked me up. I, I didn't have my glasses on and I can't see shit. And I was in my apartment here in London, the very one I'm, I'm recording from today. And I, I like walk into my hallway and above the bathroom, I just see this black mass and I'm blind as shit. And I was like, what is that? And so oh. I put my glasses on the biggest motherfucking spider I have ever seen inside <laughs> of a dwelling. I, this thing was the size of one hand, okay? And I was like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. Like, just above my bathroom door. And I was like, you need to get the spider, like, to the husband. And he, he's, it had fangs. He could see its fangs. This thing oh, was in my house. In no. my house. It's one thing. In my house. And and now I can't, like, enter the area. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm like a scared animal. Like, I'm always looking just at that area. Like, it's going to reappear, even though they can appear anywhere. And, you know, it's, it's made me think, do I move back? You know, I'm comfortable with rats. I'm comfortable with pigeons, roaches, but the spiders, like, I'm was, a little fucked up from that. Spider oh, I just realized it's so funny that you brought that up because this happens all the time. I feel like there's like a synchronicity thing that happens on this podcast all the time where I'll write a, like something down like that I want to get to later. And then whoever I'm talking to, like they get to it before me, but we'll get back to it. But we're going to talk about <laughs> spiders a little bit more, but uh, <laughs> you know, I've only met one Australian in america and i because i met jim jeffries once and it was kind of funny because he i was really really drunk when i met him and uh i was like i was like yo i'm gonna go up to jim jeffries and say what's up and like be cool you know because he's like I, he's one of my favorite comedians and shit and i was like i was like yo what's up? but then as, as soon as i got to him like it was like i was like at first i, I had that like i'm i've been drinking and i, I feel very confident but, like, uh -huh, yeah the walk over to him like pumped the alcohol through my bloodstream just enough so that when i got to him i was too drunk to really like voice wow. what i had to say anymore and i was like so you just throw hey, up hey man <laughs> love love what love what you do and he was just like and then he's like but it was funny he was a very nice guy he called me a big dumb cunt but in a nice oh. way he goes yeah oh, come here you big dumb cunt and he gave me a hug and i was like oh that's cool <laughs> that is a term of endearment in australia like cunt yeah, is like that vibe yeah, that, so, like, they just say cunt like i say dude yeah like, yeah like, i, I could try to do an australian accent where you going you can't like something like that that that's was perfect what, that's a, thank you thank you i've been working on it you know i've had a 365 days in lockdown to perfect it's it, if so. uh if crocodile dundee had like stayed in new york for 10 years he would have started to sound like that yeah there, <laughs> <laughs> there we go 
Yeah. No, it's it's funny though that you should also say like the, you know the thing how you don't know about all the names of the snakes there because there was one time when I was in Australia and I was walking behind a man and his son and th this little kid he had just picked him up from school and the son was saying they were doing a school project and they named their group a dingo ate my baby right oh and then the dude dad, that's so like offensive man well yeah people found right? out that shit actually the baby the dingo did eat that lady's baby yeah well this is what was funny about it was like the dad was like do you know where that comes from you know and they're australian and the kid's like no and he was like all right well you know americans only know three things about australia yeah and he was like <laughs> one is that we have snakes and spiders and whatever two is kangaroos and a third is a dingo ate my baby and that's all they know like this man like said this to his son and i'm like he's not wrong he is yeah, not wrong no. i am standing in australia and that is still all i know yeah, so. americans are dipshits <laughs> dude i mean you know i didn't or, or like, I, not dip, will, willfully ignorant people yes like but and confidently so yeah. you know like like i don't give a fuck like and i didn't really realize that until i left like i had never left america prior to august 2019 so it's pretty insane that you know i'm i'm like living in england now but like having the window like into america from the outside perspective i'm like holy shit like we really are just like, you know, I, it, I'm going to get my gun. And if you don't like what I say, that's it. That's what I'm doing to you. You know, like we're very, <laughs> yeah. we, we don't give a shit about any, anything or anybody else. And it's interesting, like sort of just to see what people's perspective of us are. Like, that's got to be cool though, to be in a country where like not every dickhead's got a gun. It's like, it's, I mean, I, think, it's I, weird. I, I got, I get the impression that people in England, like fist fight a little bit more because they don't think they're going to get shot. Well, you know what it is? It's it's stabbings are a thing, right? And so I've really like thought about this because I was like, you know, to stab, like, okay, to shoot somebody, right? People are doing it all the time in America. Cops are killing all sorts of people, you know, whenever they feel like it. People are killing all sorts of people in grocery stores, whenever they feel like it. And I think it doesn't take a lot of effort, you know, to get your gun and be like, I'm going to kill you. You know, I don't like what you said. But if you want to stab somebody, you have to be like, I'm going to get up in your face and stab you. I'm going to yeah. stab a motherfucker, you know? And it's really like, I think pretty hardcore and aggressive, like more so than the gun, you know? Well, because a gun can feel like a video game, you know, like you yeah. can like, you can disassociate from what you're doing and you're just, you're just pressing a murder button, yeah, you know, or, exactly. or, or a suicide button. Same thing. Like, you know, that's why right. gun deaths with suicides are so common because it's so easy to do as opposed to like all the other ways to kill yourself are very like scary or gross and In depth. same thing with like Take you know, planning you know planning and like with a stabbing it's like man gross i don't want to like get someone's blood on me or like feel what that's what i mean body, like it's, your skin feel I, don't know, I know i know it sounds crazy but it's just like i feel like it's a little more hardcore if you want to hurt somebody over here oh, you yeah. know so it's like you mean fucking business you're like i i mean this stabbing whereas like a gun you can be like oops i shouldn't have done that like i didn't know it was gonna go off and like kill someone but like with the <laughs> stabbing you can't really you can't be like i slipped and like you know cut their chest open like i probably shouldn't admit this on this podcast in case i've developed any kind of enemies that want to find out where i live but uh i don't keep any guns in my house uh <laughs> so but but i do have like a ridiculous arsenal of knives which is funny what nice. i what i just said how like I would think stabbing someone would be so gross, but really my, my, all my home defense shit here 
is essentially that I just have knives laying around everywhere that are like. <laughs> Which means everybody has an opportunity to grab one should they break in, right? If you, you know where my one... knife's at, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, so this is kind of like crazy to admit, but like, I, I, and I don't even understand how this happened, but my brother, uh, he once, when I was living in New York, sent me a, an antique rifle in the mail, okay? In the mail, which at the time I was in college and I didn't really like put that together, like guns are not allowed in New York, you know, like legally or otherwise. Like, so how he mailed me a giant rifle, like, you know, from the 30s is crazy to me. And then when I realized it was technically illegal for me to even have this gun, I was like, you know, fuck, like, I, you know, what am I going to do with this? Like, I, you know, eventually. And so what, what's had to happen during my like coronavirus journey is like this past uh, November, I had to begin selling my shit because yeah. I had no money in my apartment in New York. And then eventually, so basically I started selling my shit and then my roommate gave notice. And then the guy living there, I had to give him notice because I couldn't keep tenants there. So I had to sell my shit and trash my shit. And I kept thinking, like, what's going to happen with this fucking gun? Like, what am I going to do? some money, right? Because it was like an antique. Oh, it was, it's definitely worth money. But I was like, you can't just put that in a fucking trash can. Do you know what I mean? Oh, because yeah. Because it's a rifle, you know? And I was like thinking, oh, my God, what am I going to do with this gun? And what ended up happening was a comedian who loves to do sketches went over to my house to buy shit. And, you know, he he went and he collected stuff and then. After the fact, he gave me like the tally of what he took. And he was like, and I took this gun. And I was like, oh, thank God. I was no. like, yeah, you know what? You can have the gun. Keep the gun for free. Thank, like, enjoy. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for taking my gun. <laughs> yeah, No. And I, I, I think he thought it was a, he was like, I took the toy gun. And I'm like, that's not a toy. Like yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, a fucking gun, rifle. man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like missing a part. So it doesn't like shoot anybody currently, but like it's still, I looked it up extensively because it was illegal. And then I'm like, did my brother send me that on purpose to like fuck with me? You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, look, like, that's a bit. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like, who the fuck sends somebody a gun in the mail? You know? And I was like 20 at the time. So it's also like, so I like oh, carted that gun for like you, 11 years in New York. You just reminded me of a story and I like, I, it's very quickly, but I just, I have to share it because this is like, when I was a teenager, I worked at the the UPS store. I don't know if you've ever been in a UPS store, if that, oh, you mess with those. But, have uh, I? <laughs> uh, this cop came in one day and he was like in uniform. So like, obviously like you, you're like, I don't think he's up to anything illegal at uh -huh. first. And he had this like crazy case and he's like, I need to ship this. And I was like, cool. And he's like, he's like, I need you to like repackage it or whatever. And we pop it open. And it was a, uh, an Uzi, like a for real Uzi, oh, which I've, yeah, I've never, yeah. it's the only time I've ever seen one of those in real life. And like, we had a big poster on the thing that showed us all the things we weren't allowed to, uh, yes, package a yes, mail for yes. people. What you know? Yeah. What he could have done, he could have packaged it himself and brought it to me, and I would have mailed it for him. But he right. wanted me to package it like in uh, in packaging peanuts and then in a box. And uh -huh, I was like, uh -huh. and so there's a bunch of pictures of things like snakes, poison, like machine guns. <laughs> and I was right. like, I was like, I'm sorry, man. Our sign says I'm not allowed to mail your machine gun. And he was like, yeah. He was like, ah, oh, damn. And I was like, yo, but do you mind if I like get some photos of me holding it? And he was like. <laughs> okay and like me and the <laughs> other goofball that worked at the, <laughs> the ups store we're like taking photos of ourselves like holding the machine gun and like crazy poses and acting like we were like robbing the store with with your like uniforms <laughs> on just with like our, yeah. <laughs> with our stupid ups uniforms on yeah yeah i i don't know if you've 
or were you? Oh, no, no, you go ahead. Well, I, I don't know if you've ever been like to the DMV or the Social Security office in New York or even certain uh, post offices. But depending on where you are, there's going to be bulletproof glass and there's going to be a sign. I remember I took a picture of the sign once. I think it was at the Social Security office. And the sign reminds you that it is a uh, crime to, and then the list just goes on. It's like stalk, follow, rape, harass, shoot, murder, <laughs> you know, employees of that government establishment. And I think they put it there because being in that environment causes so much rage to boil in everyone. Yeah. You know, like the amount of just, you know, tyranny uh, that occurs there, you know, you, you see the normal person turn into like, well, Harvey Dent, right? Like it makes you understand Harvey Dent. I guess, I guess that like, I mean, obviously New York, there's so many people and it's so, it's so come, you know, everyone's so to push together. And I feel like those environments must be worse because like in Nashville, like, you know, I got my driver's license here and every time I've had to go back to the DMV or whatever, it's honestly always been a very quick and pleasant experience. And I've never had, oh, in a, and I don't get the, like, <laughs> I mean, I get that people don't like it, but like the jokes that, that you see in it's, it's one of those tired, tired ass jokes they put in movies too. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, where it's mm -hmm. like, uh, like in men in black or something or like, everyone that works at the DMV is an alien because the DMV sucks, you know, so bad. And I'm like, I'm like, shit. Actually, I went to the DMV a, a year ago because I had to get my, uh, I had to change my photo because you have to do it. Bragging. Well, <laughs> but I'm just saying, I was there for maybe 10 minutes. Like I went in oh, and like oh, a little, a little kiosk a and you just type, type in your like info, like, yeah, your social security number, all that shit. And then you walk over and there was a nice lady and she was like, okay, stand still. And I was like, okay. And then she took a photo of me and she gave me a paper ID. And she's like, your regular ID will be in the mail in a week. And I was like, cool. And I was like, literally that was 10 minutes of my time. So dude, it, it, in New York, it's an event. Like it's your day, like plan to take the day. That's it. Like I had my wallet stolen in New York once. Um, and in it, I had just gotten a job that day so that I had taken my social and my ID there for them to copy, you know? And of course, that's the day my wallet gets stolen. Turns out you need a social security card to get an ID and you need an ID to get a social. So you're like, what is this fucking riddle and how do I crack the code? And I started at the social security office. The first time I went, I waited in line for three and a half hours just to even speak to somebody. And then they wrote me what I didn't have. Uh, and so I couldn't get my social security card. The second time I went there, I decided... I had been drinking all night. It was the beginning of spring break all night. And I convinced my roommate to go get another half pint of like whiskey with me and go down and wait in line with me. So I was shit housed. I don't even remember. I know <laughs> I was in line a while, but when I got to the window, I handed this woman my form and it was illegible because I was so wasted. I couldn't yeah. even write. And she was like, I just remember that she's like, ma'am, I can't read this. And I was like, this is how I write, you know? And she was like, you need to fill this out again. So I filled it out and, and, and I was like, don't make me go to the back of the line. And she's like, just go over there. Like they could tell something was wrong. I was yeah. wasted. And, and then I gave it to her and then she's like, I'm sorry, you don't have all your shit again. And I was like, eh, you know, and then she gave me another letter stating what I needed. And, you know, my roommate put that shit on the fridge, right? Like the one with just can't. <laughs> Like I just wrote across the page, like a four-year-old. The, the final time I went there, I went, and this is how you should go in all things, I think. 
I went with no expectation. I was like, I will not receive what I'm looking for. This is yeah. a complete waste of my time. And I waited in line for maybe an hour. So that's the shortest time. And in that time, I had a guy start to talk to me, you know, where you're like, why are you speaking to me? But he's like, I'm here for my daughter. My ex-wife won't give me the information. You know, she's a bitch and I'm just trying to pay child support. And I'm just like sitting there like, good luck, buddy. Yeah. And I got, I, Thanks I, for got sharing. The, I know, right. You're just like, thank you. Like, I'm, am I your, your human diary? Like what's going on? But when I got to the window, you know, I'm ready to be turned down. And they were like, great. So, you know, your card will be in the mail. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like, I felt like I won the lottery, even yeah. though all yeah. I did was like <laughs> achieve like a basic. And as I'm leaving, you know, this place with the bulletproof glass, the guy who had been telling me about his kid was banging on it, being like, you motherfucker, like screaming at them. Because, you know, well, because, you know, it drives you crazy. You wait in line. Yeah. Nobody cares about your plight. It's a, it's a real um, reflection of like, you know, human struggle. Yeah. <laughs> Also, uh, going back to your the first time you went, if I had a nickel for every time I thought that getting drunk first would make something easier or faster, <laughs> I know right? it took me so long to learn that like that does not uh, usually expedite my uh, my endeavors. No, no, I left there. I probably vomited right when I exited because I was like I was definitely a, a puker like during drinking, but like I'm very oh. contained. Like I wasn't like the you you know. Nobody had to hold my hair back. It was it was always controlled vomiting um, from drinking. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, oh, got a puke. And then I, you know, bush, trash can, building, you know, like <laughs> it was, I, I don't know where the skill came from, but it was just like, if I had to puke, I could like. Oh, you just get it, it out. You don't sit there and, and go like, down. you don't start praying and going like, God, I'll never drink again. No. <laughs> I have, I have puked so many places, so many times, like on the on the train or off the train when it was like stopped at like a stop. Like I, I once puked, I would say about 10 feet away from my boss at work without him ever finding out Dope. from drinking. Yeah. That's I mean, still. I wasn't drunk at the time. Yeah. No, it was <laughs> and while holding a little dog and this, this was at this, <laughs> I, and this sounds totally fucking insane, but I used to work at this antique store in New York and uh, you know, these windows were beautiful. Like they were really designed and they had, you know, antique furniture in the window. So this woman had come, you know, some rich lady to buy things that nobody needs. And she wanted to get into the window and look at this dresser. So she came when my boss was there. I was so fucking hungover from whatever I was doing. I'd probably slept like two hours. I was probably still drunk when I got there. It was real touch and go. But when they were getting in the window, I needed to man the counter. So he was like, Catherine, you know, come upstairs. So I came up and this woman had a little dog wearing a little fucking sweater. And he's like, here, hold her dog. And he had to move all this stuff and get this ladder so they could get into the window. And they're in the window looking at like some Swedish dresser from the 30s. And I was like behind the counter next to the bathroom. And I feel the vomit coming up. And I'm holding this dog. And I just open the door of the bathroom and projectile vomit into the toilet. But I couldn't flush <laughs> the toilet because he could hear that, right? Oh, yeah. You know, because it was close enough. Oh, so, so you can like, so you can like aim. You can like shoot it like a I, like, I, I'm, like a hose. It's not, yeah, no, it's it, it, <laughs> honestly there should be a sport, and I would just be the gold medalist. But like, what was fucked was like I was like, okay, what will happen is he'll come back. I'll give them the dog, then I'll go to the bathroom, and that's when I'll flush. But then I felt more coming up, and then I while holding the dog, I vomited in the fucking sink. Like as they were like climbing out of the window, and I just had to like close the door really quick, and I'm like here's your dog. Did you enjoy the dresser? You know, do the whole yeah. fucking thing. And yeah, I was like, God, that impressive. Like he never knew. 
He yeah. never knew. Or, if, you know, if he knew, he never told me. And so we're both playing chess at that uh-huh. point. <laughs> yeah. You guys are playing 4D chess. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Hold up. It's time for a quick ad from my close friend and personal attorney, French Pierre. Hello, it is I, French Pierre, attorney at law. If you were in a car accident in America and settled a bodily injury claim without a lawyer present, then Zute Law, French Pierre will help you reopen your claim and readjust your settlement. Sacre bleu, mon ami French Pierre will fight for you. When your insurance company said no, no, French Pierre's class action lawsuit will say we oui, will, oui, huh, huh. Tell all your friend, call French Pierre et un deux trois Pierre Francois, and say au revoir to the pitiful cash settlement, and say bonjour to one million francs, and a tout nice day at the Fontainebleau Hotel. Until then, mon ami, I bid you adieu. Uh, thanks, French Pierre. Um, and to all the listeners, I guess you heard, French Pierre is starting a class action lawsuit against every auto insurance company in America. So hop on it while you can. The cash cow's leaving. And I hear that the Fontainebleau Hotel is really nice this time of year. Hope to see you there. Now back to the interview. Oh, uh, Catherine, I want to bring you back to remember when I was talking when you were telling, talking about Australian spiders, and I told you that yes. I had a thing about that. And I uh-huh, wanted to ask uh-huh. just because, uh, like, I, I'm sure you already know this, but like, the fear of public speaking is like apparently like uh, the most common phobia ahead of death, spiders, or heights, which I think are some of like the three like next ones or whatever. Uh-huh. And so, like, clearly. Like you have absolutely no fear of getting on uh, like in front of a crowd and like speaking your mind. But because of that, does that mean that like since you don't have the like the normal fear that like a normal person would have, do you have some kind of like like less popular obscure phobia? Like like you're afraid of dolphins or something? <laughs> Yo, okay, okay. Like it's not a fear. And actually, I think this is probably the first time I've ever said this. Um, okay. And and I think this is gonna whatever. I do not like toothpaste. Okay. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> like, it's like, like the texture. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like uh, apparently I used to eat it as a kid. So now what I do is I buy that really weird natural shit. But like I used to eat. Oh, it like as baking a kid. soda. I well, like I'm try. I, I have to try different ones, right? Because I've tried them, and if I don't like it, like yeah, I don't like the texture. I don't like the bubbles. I don't like the minty, fresh, fucking, you know, aftertaste. Everything yeah. that everybody loves about it, I'm yeah. like, this is the opposite, which I know is like horrifically disgusting for some people. I mean, I, uh, I hate it. Like I hate it, and I hated it so much as a kid that I somehow, I don't know, convinced this dentist to tell my mom, like. Basically, he was he told me that as long as I brushed really well with just water, it would be fine because I think he thought I'd grow out of this. But that is not the case. You need to do something. Is that not true? I mean, what's why? Why do you need to use toothpaste instead of just brushing? Like, because aren't you just brushing the plaque off your teeth? Isn't that? I don't know. I'm not. I don't know shit about. I I don't know. You know, (laughs) because people look at me like I had a boyfriend who is now. It's like the only guy that I'm still friends with that I used to date, and he like would do it on purpose you know like make it really foamy around me because i'd just be like "Ah," like it makes me feel like i want to puke um i don't know why and i you know look i i'm I'm not a dentist i don't know you probably should be using something i mean (laughs) i've sort of finagled my way into like 
a natural toothpaste and then mouthwash. But like, it really depends on the fucking day. Like if I'm not in the mood, then I'm like, eh, you know, I'm not doing the mouthwash. It's gross, I guess, for some people, but I like hate it. I hate it so much. I hate it in okay. my mouth. <laughs> There's a joke somewhere there. There's a joke somewhere it's, there. It's funny you were saying that you're talking about like that your boyfriend that like went like overboard with that. Cause I used to have a roommate and uh, we, me and him would like, we usually got up around the same time. We'd be we'd, like, we were like weirdly close roommates, you know, like, like we would brush our teeth at the same time in the bathroom, like standing mm, next no. to each other. My and, nightmare. Like, because it was fun. Like we thought it, it seemed funny that we would sit there and like just brush and brush and brush and brush and brush until we look like we we're like rabid dogs. And like, I would just like let it like drip all over like my I, chin uh, and my chest. Well, and, like, no, <laughs> no, you're me tooing me right now. You're me tooing me right I'm now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You just, no. you, you triggered Dude, that memory I, for me. I don't even like seeing people do it like on TV, right? Like there's a scene. Like I, I just watched a show where there was a scene and they did that. And I was like, oh, disgusting. I also, and this isn't like a phobia, but I just don't like it. So whenever I see it, I like take a mental note. I don't like watching people in TV shows lotion their hands. Yeah. Lotion's like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. somebody wrote that yeah. in. Like, don't, doesn't this make you uncomfortable watching yeah. me do this? No, I, no, you're freaking me, me out. I, Stop it. Stop it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I very specifically remember a scene in Breaking Bad where his wife was lotioning her hands. And I was like, why did they write that in there? I don't accept it. I, Yo, but I love, you know, you know, what bugs me that like is weird is uh, if people are filing their nails, that's uh -huh. the sound it makes. I can't do it. It sends a shiver up my spine. I have to leave the room. That like, okay. I'm just like, like, can't do it. I don't mind it. that, but I, I don't like people humming to music, even though that <laughs> should be like joyful. Actually, yeah. that was another thing in that antique store too. You know, it's a fucking antique store. It's a really nice one, but some people would come in to browse mostly, right? Because they can't afford anything. And people would come in and it's dead silent in there. And then they'd begin to hum. And it oh. would make me want to bleed from my eyes. Like I was like, shut the fuck up they would drive me crazy you know because they'd just be like they'd be humming some song that nobody knows from the 20s you know because everybody in there is like 400 years old and and i would just want i i'd be like well corona's coming and you're gonna be taken out <laughs> so i guess you, you might know. get annoyed being around me much because like i uh i sing to myself a lot mm, like i sing what i'm mom. doing okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was actually uh, this morning. I was thinking about doing a little vocal warm up, and then I decided against it because I was going to yeah. sing some Randy Newman before we got popping off here. Just going nice. like, "You got a friend in me." There you go. <laughs> Just, but uh, it, called it off. Well, it's it's <laughs> funny. My, my my husband Mark, he's very sing songy. Like you, he he can't sing for shit. But there's like a musical playing in yeah. his mind, so he'll like make up songs about stuff around us. And that I think is very funny. I think so that there's he, really a he and I might have us uh, because you know I have Irish heritage. Obviously, I was born uh, in the United States, but I have you know my ancestors are Irish, and maybe that's just a thing that we have that there really is a musical going on in our heads. And <laughs> I and I, I'm yeah. one of like I don't know a lot of people that like musicals as much as I do. I fucking love them, man. Like me too. I like, I like movies where they just sing the whole time. I'm like, yo, man, I don't need to take this seriously. Sing the plot to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah do do you real because i i was a i'm a big fan of actual musicals and yeah, me like too. Did, did them like uh you know growing up a little bit like you know i, I oh, was like performance Malloy. musicals i did i did i know this this voice made beautiful music once i don't ask me to sing anymore i don't know what it sounds like okay. um, <laughs> probably just something like dying uh slowly um but 
Yeah, I was Irene Malloy in Hello Dolly. I've been in Bye Bye Birdie. Oh, hell How yeah. to Succeed in Business. Yeah, big fan of Singing in the Rain. Um, big fan. Yeah, I'm a big I, fan of Singing in the Rain too. Yeah, I used to be able to sing Memory from Cats. That was uh, my White audition Christmas. song. White Christmas. I love White Christmas, and you know, not just because I'm very white. God, that is the whitest movie of all time for sure. Bing Crosby though, in that shit, like that. Like so I think that was when I was kind of going through puberty, and I first realized <laughs> that I could do a deep voice. But he's like, like I'm, I'm not sure if I can do it now. But he's like, snow, and he like, yeah, 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 it. yeah. And yeah, I started doing it, good. and also, I was like, wait a second, I got a man voice now too. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so. a that's a. But I'm a Gene Kelly fan. You know, I really, yeah. I really like Gene Kelly. Um, he he was my guy. And some people are Fred Astaire people, but I'm a Gene Kelly. I'm guy. a big fan of both of those. Uh, but this is gonna sound silly as fuck. My favorite mu- musical is Muppet Treasure Island. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> but, I mean, it's really, really uh, t- like t- starring Tim Curry, and he's so Tim good. Curry in it. Tim and, Curry is uh, great. Tim Curry is great. Yeah. I, honestly, if you haven't seen it, give it a shot because Tim Curry just blows your mind song after song, song after song. He's like, Tim Curry <laughs> is killing. Because, you know, he, I mean, like, obviously, he was Rocky Horror Picture Show, and that's what he, like, you yes, know, that's yeah. the musical he's known for. But I, I am brave enough to say that Bubba Treasure Island is the musical he should be known for. <laughs> oh wait, uh, brave. But let's speaking of being brave and moving back to the phobia thing i just got one last question about that and we'll totally drop that but do you believe in ghosts and if so do you think they're scary i i probably do i mean you know like i'm not i'll put it this way i'm generally open to all possibilities do you know what i mean and like yeah one when i was a kid um, a teenager, there was th- this place called like the catacombs behind this like holiday inn yeah, that's already um, scary. in Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah. And we got, you know, I-, I was like one of the only girls in the group. So I'd always get roped into these like fucking, you know, adventures that were really just terrifying, like, you know, getting uh, lost in catacombs. Che- yeah. <laughs> cheating death, you know, like basically. And, um, basically we, we went behind the holiday inn and went down into these catacombs, which I guess what they are, it's just sort of like they're tunnels without like a, a top, you know, yeah. like you can kind of see out, but if they go deep enough, the kind of, it gets smaller and smaller. So we all <clears> went <throat> in them and then we t- took some photos with my digital camera and then around all of the photos were those floating orbs. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Then we were like, what is that? And then we like looked it up and we're like, oh my God. And like, you know, and so of course I'm like terrified, right? Because I guess those are supposed to be spirits or some shit yeah I mean, I don't, I'm, like I, I'm super into ghost documentaries just for fun not because i'm really like i'm not a ghost hunter or anything you know or i don't have any well, spiritual beliefs me. but yeah you know it's just fun i think but you know i bet i, mean, I bet one thing i bet london is haunted as fuck yeah that's i, I would feel it, it feel like honestly like especially during the winter just now with everything closed and nobody out on the street and it was like colder here than has apparently been in the last 30 years there's a vibe do you know what I mean? And yeah. I it, like when you look out there and I'm like, there is a fucking vibe. It feels like Soviet Russia, but like scarier somehow. Yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. You know, and my friend, somebody <laughs> I know here sometimes passes. We were on the phone once and she like passed a house and she lost service and she was like, oh, that's a haunted house. And I was like, oh, what? Damn. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was like, you don't just say sure? things like that. <laughs> I know, but they do here in England. They yeah. do, you know, and, and every, everything, you know, it's funny. Cause it's like everything she says sort of sounds like nicer than if I were to say it, 
You know what I mean? Like my love, like, oh, it's a haunted house, my love, you know? And I'm like, oh my God, you know, it, it just feels well, it's crazy. classier. I- I had uh, I had an author on this podcast. In, uh, his name is MP Priestley. Shout out him. He was, he was so interesting because I read it. He he sent me like his 450 page book on Jack the Ripper. He's like the foremost expert on Jack nice. the Ripper. But he also does uh, tours in London. And he'll take you around all like all the crime scenes, and it's so crazy because you know all the photos you see are just modern London, and mm-hmm. especially it's all I guess on the east East End in particular. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy because like, you know, you'd be just you could just be walking around like by a Walgreens or some shit. And it's like somebody was like horrifically murdered by Jack the Ripper at that Walgreens. Like, right, so, right, right. <laughs> London's got some history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And it, it, it I mean, even the apartment I'm in, I've never seen a fucking apartment like this or like or, or seen buildings like this. Like, I don't know if there's going to be video, but I can just show you out the window what it looks like if you want. Oh, I mean, this is going to be an audio podcast, but. Oh, well, yeah, I'll show you later. I'll show you, (laughs) you know, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of like, I mean, that's. Oh my God. Yeah. You live in a haunted house. No doubt. Yeah, no, no, no. And and that's what I mean. That's spider. That was not just an ordinary spider. That, 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 that's somebody, you know, That, that thing was fucking huge. I mean, I'm telling you that shit. I'm shook. I'm shook. Um, but yeah, I'm interested in kind of finding, finding out what, what more this place is about, you know? Because I don't know if I'm going to like it yet. I've got one say- thing to say to you, and that mm-hmm. is we're getting dangerously close to the lightning round. And I don't know oh, if you've God. ever heard this podcast before, but at the end of every episode, we do a lightning round where uh-huh. I ask you a series of questions, but you don't have any time to think. You can't, uh, don't use the prefrontal cortex. It's all gut reactions. So whatever your gut tells you, that's the actual answer. All right, I'm on Family Feud now. Okay, here we go. Yeah, precisely. Steve yeah. <laughs> and I'm Steve Harvey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so the saying that laughter is the best medicine, uh, obviously, laughter works better on some illnesses than others. Which illnesses do you think works? Uh, laughter works best on? And you can't say psychological illnesses. You have to say physical ones. Illness, uh, fuck. Well, I can only, I can, I keep thinking not herpes, not AIDS. Um, oh, that's crazy. I was gonna say scabies, <laughs> scabies, yeah, yeah. You know what? The scabies is good, Sca- or Laugh shingles. The scabies away. How about shingles? Shingles, shingles. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. shingles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely not cancer, maybe cancer, may, maybe. Um, if you were feeling sick, which comedian? and you can have any comedian in the world, would you most want to come to try and heal you with their comedy? Uh, Richard Pryor, because he might bring crack. And if I'm, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Richard Pryor, <laughs> you're kicking ass. I think you're going to win this game. I don't know if you know, oh, if you, God. This, this is the game section of the podcast. Uh, is there a European country where people still think clowns are funny? I think Germany, right? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Yeah, I would think that in France too, because they have mimes, right? Oh yeah, France, France. But I, I guess I'm like Germany's into weird shit, you know? Like they're yeah. just they're, they're they're just you know freaks. I, I've never been there, but like it's a you know it's a vibe, I think. And I'm into I think, it. I think it's so crazy too, because you know, I don't, and no offense to Germany again, but like because I mean, like I'm not saying anyone that lives there now has anything to do with what happened in the 1930s and 40s, whatever. But uh, I feel like they're antifa, uh, like movement there is like is like a shining example for the world of like what antifa should be because mm-hmm. they take it so seriously over there because they're so anti-nazi 
So shout out German shout Antifa. Out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. come full circle now. So who was your favorite clown of all time? <laughs> oh my God. Oh God. Oh, uh, you, I, this is a story. It's a story. It's a clown I got for Easter. This is so horrible. Uh, and it was well, how like, I you're learned like, how to. You're like your parents hired a clown and you were a kid? No, it was okay. this life-size clown. <laughs> oh, a toy clown. Life- it was a toy clown that was very big. And I got it for Easter one year. And then this is this is really embarrassing, but you know what? Fuck it. Um, you know, when you're a kid and you're starting to learn how to like jerk off and shit. Yeah. Right. Well, it had this nose. This is insane. Okay. It had this <laughs> nose that was like sort of protruded from its face. Like a dick nose. And like, like kind of a dick nose. And, you know, I was like a little kid and I don't remember, but it was sort of like the first time I like sort of like rubbed myself up against something, you know? So yeah, I learned how to jerk off with the clown nose. Thank you. All right. Well, that is the <laughs> best possible answer I could have I could have hoped for <laughs> my favorite clown made me come um boy you know you're really seeing an unraveling of a once formerly <laughs> you know put together human being here so here you go i think you're fantastic and i do have to ask you this and i think you're so fantastic uh i have a film idea and i would definitely cast you in it if you'd be interested and it's this uh if i wrote a movie called uh pennywise versus ronald mcdonald would you act in it and you would be like yeah uh just like a very main character for sure. Did, did you see that? I already no hesitation. I and I thought you were going to say it was going to be a clown porn with me and the clown. No, as no, it's going to be get... uh, ac- uh, action horror, kind of like Aliens or Alien, like that kind of yeah. thing vibe. Where it's like, is that a good example? You know what I mean? Like it's going to be a I'm horror in, movie, but an action movie. I'm in no nudity, but and I definitely just need like the catering truck near my trailer. Other than that, I'm I'm good. All right, else. Netflix, you heard what I just said. This is in production. I'm workshopping it with the talented and wise Catherine Henson. So hopefully they're listening and we can get this on, on, the, on the road. Uh, oh, here's some, I got some uh, more English questions just because you're over there and I've never been to London. So uh, that's why I didn't ask you any New York stuff because I'm bored with New York. I know all about it. Yeah. Uh, which is more boring, uh, cricket or jail? Oh, I, I probably cricket for sure. And yeah, like <laughs> I've, I've never, even, no, yeah. Jail, jail gotta be fun. I mean, if you got a DUI, honestly, I think you would be out quicker than it would take for a cricket game to end. So yes, 100%, 100%. Uh, more speaking of jail, hey, uh, since British cops are called Bobbies, uh, do people over there say a bab instead of a cab? Are they, they, they I okay. I just learned something. I didn't know they were called bobbies. They, you don't know the I cops know. are called bobbies over there. No, no, I don't. I, I didn't know. I I, don't, I know very little. I think they just call them Bob. They just call everybody Bob here. Oh, everyone's Bob over there now. Yeah, Bob, Bob's your uncle. You know, right? That, yeah. That's like a phrase. Bob's your uncle. Yeah. I. Okay. Uh, hey, Bab. You just taught me something. <laughs> so there you go. Okay. How about from Nashville? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw down a couple more uh, English British questions. Uh, if, now I uh, feel like it's a test that I'm failing, but okay. Here no, we no, go. Here you're, we go. you've you've gotten every answer correct so far, especially that you would be in my film. Actually, no, especially who your favorite clown was, because that is a fucking dope ass answer. I was gonna say. I was gonna um, say. <laughs> do you think that if Russell Brand had an American accent, everyone would just think he was a regular ass wook? 
Yeah, he'd live in Williamsburg. He'd he'd get a lot of pu- he'd get as much pussy as he gets now for sure. He'd wake up in the gutter surrounded by pussy. He would still he look the same. He'd still, he'd still be hot. Exactly. Everybody would just be yeah. like, "Dude, go to fucking Bonnaroo or." Exactly. Whatever. He'd still be hot, but he just wouldn't have a job. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. he'd be American. Yeah, he'd go to Bonnaroo to sell water. You know, yeah. to strangers, like something stupid like that. So I feel yeah. I feel like I've met a lot of like Americans that have the same things to say Russell Brand has to say. Mm-hmm. But like he, they don't say it. They don't go like, "Oh, listen here, darling. I'm gonna tell you about the yeah. time I took some acid and then I fucking saw God." It's like yes. you hear a dude with like a like American stoner accent saying that, you're like, "Shut the fuck up!" Man. Yeah, it, it, no. If you hear a dude with an American stoner accent saying that, chances are you're at an open mic, and and that's what's going on. <laughs> uh, here's a, you know, you might have a not have a answer for this but that's okay if you, you can you can always say pass uh this is the one okay i'm ready <laughs> <laughs> name your favorite sex pistol oh well okay it, johnny rotten but see in recent in recent times though you know he's like a cra- it's just like I. Really oh, wait, like, yeah didn't he turn into a fucking brexit guy yeah yeah fucking yeah johnny yeah rotten, he, he you- fucking but it, but it's like if when you're saying sex pistol, I'm yeah. like thinking back in the day, right? And he was the preferred one because Sid Vicious was just sort of like, I don't know, a big, you know, child on heroin. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like he couldn't even play the instrument. But so if we're talking sex pistol era, it's Johnny Rotten. But like, not a fan of Johnny Rotten now. But really, also enjoy Public Image Limited. Same thing with um, like the fact that like I really liked the Smiths, but I'm not a, gonna fucking say I like Morrissey. Now that he's like right, 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 yeah, yeah, know, exactly. Yeah, you, know, you separate is bring- the art from the person. <laughs> Brexit is bringing out the worst in so many of these classic musicians. I know. It's like, I know. Shut I up, guys. Even- shut up, man. I, you know, because we would have loved you forever if you didn't sit, come out here saying a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> Truly, I think I think like Robert Plant uh, was like for Brexit. I, I might be misspeaking here, but I think he was for Brexit. But now he's realized it totally like fucks him too. Yeah. You know, in terms of like touring, so now he's like back on the team of no Brexit. But like, do you know what I mean? It's like, hey, you old piece of shit. Like, yeah. you should have gotten it right the first time. Like, yeah, yeah. Go play me Stairway to Heaven, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Catherine. The most important question. I can't believe I'm just now getting to it. Uh, where can people find you? Where they where can they check out your comedy? Um, obviously, like your social media, all that stuff. Just because you're super super funny. That's why I asked you to come on the show because I really wanted to like share with everyone like how much I appreciate your comedy, and how funny you are. So, uh, can you like tell everyone where you're at? Yes, thank you. I well, I'm on everything at you girl, you nasty. And that's E-W-G-I-R-L-Y-O-U, nasty. Um, you know, and I got a website, yougirlyounasty.com, which like, you know, probably is not the best thing to search at work just because of the name <laughs> itself. But, yeah, but you, know, if you miss go, one miss one letter, you're going to go to a different yeah, website. Yeah, you're going to see a butthole if you miss one letter. And um, it's a win-win. But I also got like, yeah, uh, you know, I have a YouTube, but, you know, I just throw shit up there. I mean, uh, Top Secret Comedy Club puts a lot of my stuff on their YouTube. But yeah, like everything, you know, you can find it through the website. I don't know how to use Twitter, but, you know, I got one just in case I need to tweet somebody one day, you know, demanding something. But I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll find you and follow you. I didn't know you were on there. Oh, I don't even I I, bear, I, I think my pinned tweet is I don't know how to use Twitter. So, yeah. you know, it's, <laughs> it's just so everybody knows, you know, yeah. Um, 
but yeah, like uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, right now we we don't have a lot going on, but we'll see. You know, when things open, we'll see. So yeah, everybody, check it out. Ew, girl, you nasty. That's what it's called, and that's how you can pretty much find it. That's I know that's your Instagram for sure. Yeah, and then also yeah. anybody that's already following me on Instagram, you can literally just go to my page and just touch it, and I've already tagged you in it. So. Uh, that's one go fast to way to do it if you don't know how to it. spell. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what she said. Just go to my page and touch it. Um. Damn. Low-hanging fruit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I used to be a comedian, I promise. <laughs> uh, shit, Catherine. Uh, it was super fun and funny having you on. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was great. A, good, a nice way to spend the Easter weekend. Thank you for listening to My Views Are My Own. Hold up a second. I'm trying to figure out how to activate the microchip in my arm from my vaccine. Wait a second. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Oh, this is Bill Gates and the devil speaking through Doug McDonald, host of My Views Are My Own podcast. If you would like to contact him, go to myviewsaremyown.com or to... My views are my own underscore podcast at Instagram or on Twitter at my views are my own. Wait, that's not it. My views underscore podcast. This has been a production by Bill Gates and the devil. Thanks for listening.